0: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well,
1: hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and I so much appreciate you joining this show Today we're going to talk about a very hard subject, but it's kind of a fascinating deal. I want to talk about combating child pornography. And that's one of those subjects where you even just say the words, you want to run in and take a shower and change your clothes and, you know, kind of thing. Uh, And nobody really appreciates talking about it. However, it is a global phenomenon that is changing dramatically, will continue to change because of technology. Uh, and that's really where I want to go today. So uh, child pornography is often called child abuse materials or child explo- uh, ex- exploitation materials, CEM or CAM. Uh, somehow we feel better calling it CAM than saying the word child pornography. And whatever it takes, it's a, it's a sleazy deal. Uh, basically what we're talking about are men and women. And yes, there are women who do this. Uh, that literally want to find ways to abuse a minor, someone under the age of 18. Uh, different different pornographers have different fetishes. It's kind of an interesting subject. We'll probably cover some of that. But I also want to talk about how technology is being used to find these guys and prosecute these guys and what they're finding and also a little bit about how technology is being used by the pornographer and how all of that is changing, changing their psychological behavior, uh, their psychological processes and their behavior. Uh, those two are separate subjects and also a, a little bit about how we're finding them. What One of the things that's driving this, I'll, I'll just share with you that I've been studying this subject for nearly... Mm, seven, maybe eight years now. And by studying it, I mean looking at almost every case that's out there. For several years, I actually built a database on an Excel spreadsheet of everything I could find about them. What was happening in those days is that photodna had been uh, developed. And what photodna was is basically a bot or an algorithm. And it it's designed and it's being used all over the world. It made tremendous impacts. I believe it started. I want to say it started somewhere around 2014, and I knew this because if for those of you who follow me and kids on Facebook, and I hope you will do that, uh, Susie Carpenter is our Facebook moderator, and she's the best in the business. And she literally posts new cases about every three or four hours of sex trafficking, sex extortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography. And we began to see a new case almost every day. So I thought, what the heck is going on? Well, what was going on is that the FBI and and some private software developers, and I want to give a a shout out to people like Sheepdog out in Canada and and, and um, Spotlight, which is Ashton Kushner, and all of these organizations that are developing specialized software to go after these people. What happens is that they have an algorithm, and I share this with kids because I want them to understand it. They have an algorithm that goes throughout the world of, of um, email, of Dropboxes, of um, mass audience live streaming. Ah, uh, yes, they can get Snapchat. That's the number one question I get from kids. Can they get Snapchat? Yes, you bet they can. You would not believe how often pornographers use Snapchat and uh, and get pictures of what you know, pornographers are desperate to get massive quantities of photos. For whatever reason, there are just not enough photos to satisfy them. They violate their own kids. They violate nieces and nephews. They violate total strangers. They they uh, use the internet, and we're going to get into that to do to lure in kids they they never met. They build whole rings to lure in kids to get these photos. They intercept photos. They teach kids how to self violate so they can get photos. And they buy, sell, and trade them in the dark net with each other. And there just doesn't seem to be enough to ever satisfy them. I was uh, doing some research for a friend of mine, and uh, I came across, I knew I had these articles. I have almost 10 years of research, tens of thousands of hours of research on this. And I came across this article, I believe it dates back to 2016. And the headline on it, and, and we'll put this out again, yeah, July 2016, headline, Police Find 30 Million Images of Child Abuse in Major Anti-Pedophilia Operation. In uh, Europe, they call it pedophilia as opposed to us calling it pedophilia. This is uh, being put out by the UK Telegraph. And uh, basically what it's saying, and keep in mind this is three years old, so... They're saying police in Scotland found more than 30 million images of child abuse and identified more than 500 victims in the first major bust. 77 people were arrested on suspicion of a range of offenses involving the abuse of youngsters. And they go on and on saying that uh, the culprits were still going on, but but 390 charges had already been brought, including rape, sharing indecent images, bestiality and drug offenses. And they go on to quote the Scotland uh, police uh, chief constable, online child sexual abuse is a national threat. It's actually an international uh, threat, and they talk about their operation. Now, subsequently, this is Scotland, but they found also... 30 million images, uh, the equivalent of in Ireland, and another one in Norway. Nobody knows if these are the same children or different children or their overlaps. There are probably quite a bit of overlaps on there. And uh, these photos were arranged from toddlers to teenagers being sexually abused. And uh, the images or video clips are then shared, and they are being re-victimized. So before I go any farther, I want to make that very, very clear about child pornography. You know, this isn't 30 million images. This is 30 million children who were sexually violated and filmed, and then it doesn't end there. After it's done, they buy, sell, and trade those over and over On online chat rooms, uh, uh, through Bitcoin, through peer-to-peer, through file sharing uh, activities, uh, through instant messaging, through all kinds of ways. And so that child is re-victimized over and over and over for the rest of their lives because you will never get those photos back. It can't happen. When you have 30 million images out there going around, that's just in one database. Now, I share with kids in school, and and this is an important exercise of, I share with them, and I'm in the process of making a documentary about this called Impact Your Place in History. We're just starting it. By the way, we do need more money to... Really get all the genres that we want out there of that and then begin to market it and distribute it. So if you're interested in supporting that, just let us know. You can do that by contacting me at opal at millionkids.org or just go to millionkids.org and donate. But I share with kids, you know, where do naked photos go on the Internet? Uh, It's really a fascinating thing. I usually ask them who owns the Internet. They don't know. The truth is nobody does. And if nobody owns it, then is it private? No, it's not private. And if it's not private, why on earth would anybody ever send a naked photo? Where do naked photos go on the Internet? And then I showed them the photo of Stephen Chase who ran the playpen ring. Now, he's one ugly little dickens, okay? I can come and watch my language here. (laughs) Anyway, he's a bad dude, and he's in prison. Thank God. But, you know, they want your photo. They will get it. Any way they can. They will trick you. They will look like your latest girlfriend. Uh, by the way, more boys will often send that through gaming. Uh, with girls, they look like some hot rock star. You fall in love. You send that photo, and then they begin to blackmail you. They can buy, sell, and trade that photo over and over and over, and they will. They will. This is the insidious nature of child pornography is it doesn't end with the initial violation. You will never get it back. You may be on the air in these sites for the rest of your life. And it's always fascinating to me. In this case, there's 30 million images. They only found how many 500 victims, I think. So just not even a a tenth of 1% of the victims have been identified in there. And so... What I want to do today in our show is to talk about the impact of technology and how all this is changing it. Because by using photo DNA, they can find a lot of these guys. This started happening back in 2014, and they started to see a new case almost every day. And I started to build this spreadsheet, you know, how old were they? Did they look like they're Caucasian or Hispanic or African-American or, you know, uh, uh, Middle Eastern or whatever, the best you can find? What was their profession if it was stated? What was their preference of victim? Were they male or female? How many photos did they have? What was their favorite sharing? How did they, how did they share it? Uh, how did they get caught? And I began to develop in my mind a profile of this. Now, it's a biased profile. I get that. I get that early on because when you're reading public data, it never says that Ditch Digger is is doing child pornography. It says the superintendent of schools is doing the child pornography, okay? And so I began to understand that many of these people are Caucasian and in those days, they were about 45 to 65 years old. I am seeing a completely different trend now as they are much younger. And many of them are professional people. So we're up against that hard break. I'm going to ask you to stay with me, folks. We're going to get deep in the weeds Come as we come back. Stay with me. We'll be right back.
0: Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're kind of talking about the evolution and progression, or degression—is that a good word? Anyway, of uh, child pornography based on what's happening with technology. Several things uh, stimulated me to do this particular show today. One is there's a new headline that says Kick is shutting down after more than a thousand child sexual abuse cases. Now they've spelled it wrong in the uh, headline. They spelled it K I C K. Kick Kik is K I K, but uh, Kick has long been known as a just a bugger of an app to deal with with child pornography. What Kick was, I, I actually worked with it. Oh, probably three years ago is when I first saw it come on the scene. And be very big in in seducing our kids into sending a naked photo. You see, the, the deal with child pornography is there's many ways to violate a child. Many of these people violate their own children or they seduce other people's children or they get other pedophiles to provide children to them. But with the onset of social media and the entire world being connected and our kids being absolutely available and they are getting more and more and more available. For those of you that followed my show on mass audience live streaming having to do with like and TikTok and live me and like that kick was the forerunner of all that. It was an instant messaging app where you could talk to strangers and our kids did. I did a written survey about three years ago at a big high school and had kids, you know, I got permission to do that. And uh, 80% of those kids were on kick at the time and 80% had received a message from a stranger, which three years ago was a new idea. Now, it's, you know, it's a free-for-all for our kids out there now. But at that point, 80% had received a message from a stranger, and 50% of our kids replied to that stranger, and three went out and met a total stranger. Now, that's what they liked about it. You know, our kids, is this is the first generation that can reach the entire world, and the entire world can reach them And as you know, the reason I get up every morning of my life is to educate these kids about how the Internet works and how it can be used for good, but how it can be used against you. We are putting our kids out there like bait on a mouse trap and there are billions of child pornographers wanting to reach our kids and get one of those naked photos and there are millions of our kids sending naked photos it is believed that 9000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo and 58% of them go out and meet the pedophile to get it back and those photos go into these child pornography rings, and Kik was one of them. What caught my attention is uh, a couple of weeks ago I did a uh, a show on cryptocurrency and how it's marrying with mass audience live streaming. I didn't realize until this article that Kik was shutting down that they were in the process of creating their own cryptocurrency called Kin and connecting it to Kick, And it failed. And uh, So it'll be interesting to see. I I follow that because I did a show about how Facebook is creating Libra, which is a cryptocurrency. Why do I care in a discussion with child pornography? Because once you get mass audience live streaming, where our kids can have a half a million followers, and that is possible today, unlike L-I-K-E-E and TikTok, they can have a million followers, a half a million followers, five million followers, 300,000 followers, and it won't be long until you'll be able to connect a cryptocurrency. Doing um, amateur pornography, couldn't think of the word, bear with me, amateur pornography is becoming one of the fastest growing segments on Pornhub, which is the largest porn site in the world. Kids will twerk and dance and strip and make some extra money and sell it out on Bitcoin and in the future on Libra, or in this case, it would have been on Kin, but they shut it down. So that's how they get the child to cooperate. What the child doesn't know is where do those photos go? And the fact that other people are making money on them. Now, many of these pedophiles will take it to a new level where they actually try to meet up and violate that child. As opposed to just getting their naked photo. And this is where I'm coming in with my show today. What happened is is that, first of all, let me take you back to a uh, a couple of old articles because I want to catch you up and show you where I'm going in my thinking. This is like 2017, an article called FBI Uses BitTorrent, B-I-T, capital T-O-R-R-E-N-T, BitTorrent, to find and catch child porn offenders. And basically what they're saying is this is a peer-to-peer network. So put yourself in the place of the child pornographer. They have all these photos And they are anxious to get attention and brag about what they have. I do not understand this, but there is like a pissing contest, forgive my language here. But there's like this contest of having the most uh, photos in your library. So back in 2017, BitTorrent joined forces with the FBI and they began to uh, allow them to use BitTorrent to track down and catch pedophiles. This is a file sharing network, and the tools are used to transfer all kinds of files, including pornographic footage of children. So, a few years ago, they used things like LimeWire. I'm uh, reading this from an article, by the way. I've got to tell you who wrote this article because they need the credit of it. Uh, it's called Newer Post. Uh, I I don't know who they are. The headline, FBI Uses Bit Tor- Torrent to Find and Catch Child Porn, if you want to Google it. We'll try to put that on our site. So the Department of Justice joined forces, and they started going through them to look at these shared folder applications, and what they found was a whole lot of child pornography was being uploaded in there. What they would do then is find the, the pornography. They'd run the IP address, And then they would get a search warrant and then they would show up at the guy's door and uh, the wife would be totally surprised to find out that her husband was part of a large scale child pornography ring and that he had been uh, virtually at least abusing children for quite a long time. Now, sometimes it isn't just virtual. They will do it themselves. But in this case, they were doing it that way. The reason I'm telling you that is this is all changing. It's getting much more sophisticated. They are literally transferring these files. They they keep them in devices uh, that, they, that they hide around their home, like um, storage devices. But the FBI is smart, and so is Homeland Security. By the way, I want to give them a shout-out. This is Internet Crimes Against Children, ICAC. Amazing group of people. We do not want to shut down Homeland Security regardless of what you think of the border. They are the leaders in combating child pornography and child crimes against children, especially sexual crimes. And they will show up at your door. And by the way, many of them now have dogs that sniff out. Uh, these storage devices and and it's amazing what they find but as they began to go through that what they would see is that a lot of this is encrypted and they're being sent over virtual private networks. These guys find each other in the clear web. They, they actually have little signs that they give to each other. You know, this says, I, I like four-year-old girls. This says, I like seven-year-old boys. This says, I like 14-year-old girls, like that. They get approval of each other, and they go into a large-scale community in the dark web. And they get these photos, and they send them back and forth. Lately, they have been using blockchain, and if you don't know what that is, you need to go to ExploitedCrimes.com, go to listen, go all the way down, you'll see all my other shows, they're all archived there, and I did one on the technology of blockchain, and you can understand it. Where I'm going with this is that several things are happening, excuse me, several things are happening on technology. For one they are getting more and more encrypted ways to send this so that they can build large scale uh, libraries. But more important, with mass audience live streaming, they can do pay per view mass audience live streaming where they actually pay money to be part of a large ring. The one I'm thinking of, they paid $750 a piece. No, I'm wrong, $7,500 a piece. I just saw one that paid $10,000 a piece. There were 50 of them. They shared the experience of watching a two-year-old in the Philippines be violated. They talked about how to have them violated. They shared the euphoria that goes with that kind of perversion. And they were able to bond psychologically. And then, poof, it was over. In 10 minutes, that group, whoever put it together build somebody literally $350,000 they never delivered a drunk a drug or a gun a cartel made $350,000 and it was over the real question here is will they continue to build these large scale libraries where they can boast that they have more photos than anybody else or will they go to poof it's gone mass audience live streaming where they can enjoy the immediate experience, have real-life power interaction, and then it will be very difficult to catch? This is the big question. This is Opal Singleton. My organization is millionkids.org. You can write to me at opal at millionkids.org. I want to add to that that once we add cryptocurrency to these mass audience live streaming This is going to be a money laundering nightmare around the globe. Stay with us. We're up against that break. We will be right back.
0: educators civic leaders and first responders about how predators use social media apps chat rooms
1: Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I so much appreciate you coming on this journey with me. If you're here after our break, I know this is something you're as passionate about as I am. Uh, You have some sort of motivation in wanting to listen to this to help us take this on. And this is a multifaceted kind of fight. Uh, Child pornography is connected to child abuse. It's connected to sex trafficking with pimps because... They will often take photographs. They will lure in a teenager, abuse them, take those photographs of them, put them out on sex sites, but they can't resist making some extra money on this by sending and selling those out to child pornographers so that they are out there uh, forever. But a lot of times, child pornographers are individuals that have a fetish for children, M- for the last seven years, I've tried to understand who are these people and why. I've attended many conferences on crimes against children or sex crimes against children and like that. I've listened to many, many different experts, and each of them have a different uh, take on what causes this. Many people believe it was because the 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 male or female was violated when they were a child, and some of these people were, but not every one of them were, and uh, so it's it's kind of a fascinating deal. I just this week, all of a sudden, here in Southern California, where I live. We had a huge burst of child pornography arrest cases out of our Southern California area. So I began, and and I'm going to put these on my website. I should have done it before, but I was training in Alaska and then out on the Indian Reservation, so I haven't had time to get them there yet, but I will, I promise. Um, But it was a fascinating deal because I said, you know, how do I tell the story of who these people are? I've been building these databases. I finally quit for two years. I'm just like, you know, I didn't have time to maintain it, and I need a research assistant is what I need, by the way, that can help me build these databases and gather this information. But uh, but I don't have any money, so if you're thinking you're going to get rich, good luck. I, I don't pay myself. But anyway, I started printing off the ones local. And it was fascinating because most of these guys are like really ugly. Well, there was a, a guy named Patrick Winkler from uh, Phoenix. And then over here in Big Bear was a guy. Uh, Patrick Winkler's 44. Adam Larris, 31 from Big Bear. Now, keep in mind, these have just been arrested. So I'm going to say alleged because they have not been uh, convicted. But one of them was uh, Renee uh, Le LaMadrid. Let's try that. He used Snapchat and Like to meet a 10-year-old girl, and then he tried to meet up with her in person. He also used Kick, which we just talked about, Scout, and Whisper. At Snapchat, his name was Jack Sar, uh 311 Now, that got my attention because he was trying to meet up with a 10-year-old girl. Now, this guy, you know, he he's never going to win any beauty awards. Okay, let's leave it at that. We won't get really nasty. Well, what got my attention was the reason I want to have the show with you is the accessibility of our children based on mass audience live streaming. I have been wanting to put together an accessi- accessibility rating of apps for a long time now. I just need more resources to be able to do it. What we really care about is not as an app dangerous or not dangerous. Apps are not dangerous. The the apps are not good or bad. It is how our children are using those apps and how we educate our children and our parents about how apps are made. And what parents really want to know is how accessible is your child. And an app like Like, L-I-K-E-E, or TikTok, I have them. You know, they're kind of fun. But they will put your child on the World Wide Web. They are not talking to people they know. They are talking to as many as a million people or half a million people. Well, this is going to be how pedophiles meet your child or a child in the future to create child pornography. And this gentleman right here, Renee LaMadrid from Colton, is one of the first people that I saw did this. And what they do is, in this case, they picked him up because he was trying to meet up with her to have sex. That ten-year-old girl would never have encountered Mr. Lamadrid had she not been on a mass audience live streaming that she is way too young to understand. And so, this is the danger of where we're going. Child pornography is based on the accessibility of children that can be violated. And as this society moves into mass audience live streaming and then as it begins to connect cryptocurrency to that mass audience live streaming where there are more and more teenagers who think they're going to strip and twerk and be cute and be sexual in their itsy bitsy little bitty bikini is going to put them on the worldwide stage to become a victim of child pornography. So we are in a race for our lives with our kids. We have to educate the parent and we have to educate the kid how all this goes and why do somebody want your naked photo and where does it go when you hit send. There is no such thing as privacy on the Internet and in fact, your child is going out right now as we speak on the worldwide stage to be accessible by pedophiles who are forming large-scale communities and reinforcing each other and getting excited and, and finding that it's exciting, it's approved of, approved of between each other. They even actually try to, to uh, push the bar between themselves And they are not going to just be happy building a library of 30 million images. They want to be able to interact with your child and to violate your child. I wrote a book called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. Literally, these children would never meet these pedophiles without social media. And so if we're going to connect our children to the entire world and connect pedophiles to the entire world of children, this is about to explode big time. And we must undertake a, an effort to absolutely wipe this out. Now, where I'm going is I'm making a, a documentary for schools where kids understand where naked photos go on the world wide web and why somebody wants it. That's a start. Then I'm gonna modify that that documentary for parents so they understand the accessibility rating of their child. That is absolutely important. In the meantime, law enforcement, and I am a post-certified law enforcement trainer, law enforcement and first responders need to be able to figure out how to take this on. That means we need to provide them with more technology so that they can comb through the World Wide Web and find these creeps before they find our children, because these creeps are accelerating their addiction. Were they violated as a child? Some were, some weren't. Some, some psychologists I've talked to, uh, primarily from Europe but even in the U.S., believe that you know that you're going to prefer sex with children by the time you're 15 years old and that you have a fetish and that you have a particular fetish. Some of the experts say that you will focus in on four-year-old girls and never change. I see case after case because I have been accumulating this data I see sometimes you don't care if it's a boy or girl as long as they're under a certain age. Uh, I see other times that you prefer a certain age. Uh, I see guys that prefer using social media media. Uh, online video games to bond and and uh, share masturbation through a video game chat room. And now video game chat rooms have things like Discord and, and uh, live streaming where they can go eye to eye and share that experience with your child in the middle of a video game. And and I'm not saying video games are bad. I'm saying that if you're not preparing your child, that that happens in those chat rooms and how to protect themselves so they don't fall prey, then you are failing your child and we are failing our children as a society because that is taking place and we must talk about how that happens and how to report it. And, yes, video game chat rooms have a reporting mechanism, but if we don't educate our kid first – they won't know how to do that. The problem of it is, is they're bonding eye to eye now with our child. And they are sharing pornography within the video game. And our child might be 14 years old and never understand that they are being victimized until that guy on the other end wants to meet up or wants some money or starts to blackmail them. As I have said about on, um, about uh, sextortion, It is believed that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed and 58% go out to negotiate with their pedophile. That is 8% of our children. This is why we must make this documentary to educate our kids so they'll report it and that they will do something about it. And that they will no longer be victimized and not have to meet up with that pedophile. So this is all changing because of many factors. On the one hand, we're developing all kinds of technology to be able to find these guys and prosecute them. On the other hand, this mass audience live streaming makes our kids more accessible. And literally, live streaming pay-per-view is bringing pedophiles together to embellish and embrace each other and enjoy each other. And in some cases, build large libraries. In other cases, build large-scale communities That is over and done in 10 minutes, and it's hard to find with a search warrant. So my name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We come to you from millionkids.org. I hope you'll go to millionkids.org and hit that Donate button and help us out in this fight to keep our kids safe from predators. We're up against that break. Stay with us. We will be right back.
0: Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about child pornography and how it is progressing because of technology. Who are these people, and how is this going to change in the future? Well, I hope that you can see from the conversation we've had, this is going to get more and more sophisticated. On the one hand, what you're seeing is large-scale communities that are coming together, and some of these are just hardcore child pornographers that gather uh, photographs, they build libraries, uh, they exchange libraries, they do pay-per-view mass live streaming where they join together and violate a child together, and then it is over. However, we're also seeing these crowdsourcing groups that are using um, uh, sextortion where they go out and pretend to be somebody else. And there's whole rings of them. And if if you go to exploitedcrimes.com and go to listen, you'll see a whole show that I did on crowdsourcing where literally six or nine pedophiles will come together and lure in thousands of kids to send that naked photo and send them on. So who are these people? The reason that I had built the database over the years and I began to follow it and I just took some time recently because all of a sudden we're having a lot of cases locally my guess is that we have a new chief of police over in, uh, in uh, Fontana, California, because we're getting lots of cases out of there. And I would say he's somebody who knows how to work with Internet crimes against children. But I began to just kind of put their photos together, and I'm going to put them on the e-blast about this subject so that you can see this from my perspective. What is interesting here, and I, as I've talked about before, is Who are the people? What are their ages? Now, I'm seeing them get younger and younger. When I first started accumulating the database back in 2014, they were averaging 45 years to 65 years old. Now you're seeing a lot of them that are more like in their 20s or early 30s. The only thing that I can see here is that they're they're finding each other and they're willing to take more chances. There's a psychological impact in being part of a fetish community where you not only get approval of each other, but that you embellish each other. So I printed a few of these off that were just uh, over a three-day period. Now, all of these uh, will show up on Million Kids' Facebook page, and I hope that you'll take the time to look at it so that you can see the trend. But one of the things that's always been fascinating to me is most of these guys are uh, laborer types, they're... um, some of them are just downright scary looking, that's my personal opinion. But, you know, you look at these people and you go, oh, my gosh, can you imagine being a 10-year-old child and being violated by this creep, by this ugly, ugly guy? Um, and whenever possible, they list the uh, profession, and I began to track that. One of them was a music teacher. Uh, uh, one of them was a uh, a a law enforcement officer, many of them look like that they are laborers. Uh, One of them had over 600 images. But one of the things that's always fascinating to me is every now and then you get one like Guido Germano. He is 59 years old. Now, keep in mind, this is alleged. He has not been, um, you know, uh, put in prison or anything. He's got to go through due process, and we need to be fair to him about that. He is the director of artificial intelligence medicine at Cedars-Sinai Hospital, and he's charged with distributing possessing child pornography, and uh, he was sending out videos through a peer-to-peer network. So this isn't like he had maybe one or two photos and, you know, he wasn't sure what to do with it and like this. This man is actively engaged, allegedly, into getting videos of kids who are being violated and sending them out on encrypted networks. That takes time to work that out and figure out how to be part of a private network with private equipment so that hopefully it won't be found. Uh, it may have been this bit torn that we were talking about earlier. We're not sure, but it is a peer-to-peer farm. What is fascinating to me as I look at these things is that literally what is happening is that this is a very intelligent, accomplished man. I am not going to suggest that that doesn't make him culpable. What I'm trying to understand here is literally how does this work? You know, here's a man who spent his entire life being educated. He's obviously intelligent. He's obviously accomplished. And he knows he's going to get caught at some point. How does he deal with that? How does he not understand that what he's doing is violating a child? He understands, but he is so obsessed, so addicted that he cannot stop. And you will find that many of these people I found as I tracked the professions that were listed on this, that the people that that did this were uh, police officers, pastors, pediatrician, and school officials. And you say to yourself, how can they not understand they're going to get caught? Well, we're in a race here, folks. We got technology going like crazy, and we're arresting these people and finding them. And at the same time, we have mass audience live streaming connected to cryptocurrency that makes our children more and more accessible. This is going to get very, very complicated. I hope this show has been helpful to you. If it has, I hope you'll write to me at opal at me and kids and share that with you. If you believe in the work of this organization of me kids. I hope you will go to the, to the website millionkids.org, find that donate button and hit donate. We cannot do this work without your support. We study this stuff, we understand it. we want to share it with you. It's all about being a force multiplier. but to be a force multiplier, we need proceeds. We need the funding to be able to do this. So I'd ask you to join me with this journey. This is a race against time. We have millions of our kids going on to mass audience live streaming and being accessed by pedophiles in the tens of thousands at this point. Our kids are more accessible than ever. We must educate the parent. We must educate the kid. And then we must support our law enforcement so that we can go out there with all of this technology We need this photo DNA. We need things like BitTorrent to look at it. We need bots and and networks to be able to go after it. So I hope you'll come along in this journey with us. Go to millionkids.org to donate. I appreciate it. Let me know your thoughts that you're out there. And, folks, I can't tell you how much you mean to me. I'm only one person, but we can take this on. So I'll see you next Thursday morning at 7 a.m., California time. You folks have a great week. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.